0: Bible readings are from Hebrews 9, 24 to 28. I'll start with that one. For Christ did not enter a sanctuary made with human hands that was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself, now to appear for us in God's presence. Nor did he enter heaven to offer himself again and again, the way the high priest enters the most holy place, every year with blood that is not his own. Otherwise... Christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world, but he has appeared once for all at the culmination of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many and he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Second part is Hebrews ten, nineteen to twenty-four. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spare one another on toward love and good deeds.
1: So this morning, it just happened that I ended up on the pre- to do the preaching um, on this great morning. It's, it's really awesome to um, be here to be able to share the word. And I do. I, I don't often feel this, but I really feel like there's something in this for you know some very particular people. That you know, hopefully, as I share the word, the Spirit will speak to you um, about your own walk. If not, all of us—that would be great. Does anyone remember that song? Salvation belongs to our Lord"? Yeah, A couple. It was one of those big, majestic. Salvation belongs to our God. was not it? that. Yeah, look, Geraldine, they're getting goosebumps. I remember that. Pentecostals. <laughs> I can remember, you know, just, wow, as a musician, just a great song. I mean, and we, the redeemed, shall be strong. The words in it are virtually straight out of Scripture. It's from Revelation, and it comes in a context where it says every nation, every tongue, Every tribe, people from all over the planet were gathered and and in this prophetic book of Revelation, this is what they sang. Salvation belongs to our God. So you better learn the words because when we all get to heaven, we've got to be singing it. So there you go. Just a little bit of back information. So the way I do my sermons is I don't have notes. I don't have my Bible. I have it all on the PowerPoint so that you get to watch it with me. And I don't have to have my glasses to read the little text. So this is what... We just read out, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. The book of, the book of Hebrews, I have to confess, is my favourite book. I just, I just love the book. Everything about the whole Old Testament and how now in the New Testament we have, and the key word is, a better promise. The whole book is all about how much Jesus is so much greater than everything that's ever happened and so much greater than everything that will happen. It just places Jesus, and right now he's at the throne uh, waiting to come back, which was in our scripture reading, to come back a second time. And that's when we actually see this word salvation really play out because that's the end, that's when it's all over. And we, the redeemed, shall be strong, will be singing... Hopefully, because everybody in this room will be there, will all be singing. Now, I want to add something here. Don't think that you come into a church on your own behalf. God is always, even if you don't want to be here, even if you're only here, to, for, even for any reason you come into church, let me warn you, God is with you. That sounds spooky, doesn't it? That's what this morning is all about. He is bigger. Whatever you have gone through, as Karen said, whatever you may even be going through, you might at the moment feel so distant from anything holy, so distant from anything godly, as we've been singing and and praying and being kind of spiritual people as we do in church. You might find yourself right now sitting there feeling so distant So hanging out for your cup of coffee when all this is over that you wouldn't dare think that God was in the picture. Well, I want to make sure before the next few minutes that you you try and he is with you. He is on your case. And sometimes when (laughs) when you feel the least close to God, when you feel the most hanging out for that cup of coffee and the most like, I don't want to go to church is when he's on you the case the most, isn't it? You know that he is there. And as it says, um, don't he, sorry, confession of about hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. So let's go. Got a question? What do you do nowadays? Google it! Do you know in YouTube, the biggest um, clip that comes up, the biggest search word is the bottom one how to. Now come on, in YouTube, come on. You can't get the computer to do something. What do you do? You get the computer to go to. To YouTube. And the words that you put in is, how do I get the printer working? You do the how to. You can't get a drill working in the garage. What do you do? You either get it on your phone or you go inside of the computer and you go, I have got such and such, don't you? Such and such a drill. Girls, don't you? I have got such and such a handsaw and it ain't working. What have I done wrong? Google it or how to? I mean, we live in this great information world. Information is so easy to get. It's awesome. It's fantastic in fact our scientific boundaries are exploding now i have to explain this one is anyone a science geek Ooh, oh geraldine confessions <laughs> a science geek anyone into space anyone did you whoa, whoa, yeah in space <laughs> yeah. i like my personal space Do you know we're coming up to the 50 years since Armstrong walked on the moon? That's all going to happen in a couple of months' time. You'll see all over the telly. You'll get sick of it like you did when Gallipoli happened 100 years ago, 50 years ago. But see what I've written there, photographed a black hole. Do you know that on the 10th of April, they've been talking about black holes? They've been researching black holes. Ever since I was a kid in school studying space, they kind of knew about black holes, but they've never really... Photographed a black hole. Do you know, on the 10th of April this year, 2019, they photographed a black hole. What has this got to do with our sermon? Very little. <laughs> Except to state the fact that what a crazy age. For years they have thought about black holes. Well, now they've photographed one. They're legitimate, they're out there. And I won't go on to explain what a black hole is, but they're scary. Anywhere near a black hole, <laughs> you get sucked in. But anyway, what is so significant about the day they photographed a black hole? My T-shirt—I'm not going to show you. My T-shirt's got this on it. That's the date my grandchild, our grandchild, was born. <laughs> Yee-hee! So I've got a T-shirt on that says the first day NASA. I'm not going to show you, but it's got—it's got the date. It's got the 10th of April, 2019, is when they photographed a black hole. But that's when I become a grandpa and. and isn't she beautiful? Yeah. She lives in Altona, so that's why we just can't help ourselves. We keep coming back. Okay, so I wanted to find out about sin, and I wanted to find out about salvation. So what did I do? I Googled it. And one of the first things I read was this. We live in a culture where the concept of sin has become entangled in legalistic arguments about right and wrong. I reckon that's, that's a really neat quote, and it was right up there. Um on the, uh, and I've got the site there, All About God. Quite good. But see, uh, information, it's great that we can go and Google it. It's awesome that we can go, how to, and get the answers. We're in the age of information, isn't that fantastic? But we're also in an age where we question everything. Where we, are, we ask all these questions that we never asked before. And of course, why? Because that's now how we live. We ask questions. We ask our computer a question, It answers it, and when it answers it, it's truth, isn't it? How to fix that printer, and more likely, when you follow the steps properly, it will work. So we're used to this ability now of going, I don't know about, therefore I will find out. Go to my phone. I mean, even in our phone, in seconds, we can, you know what I mean? We can grab all this information. It's a good thing, but it also makes us think that we're allowed to question kind of everything we, we dig it we, we can just discuss now how many of you have been in arguments and legalist arguments especially if you've been a Christian a while we do more of it now than we ever did there's more argument over Christianity in the media isn't it I mean they, even now pretty much Christianity is pretty much seen as a, as a very negative thing in the media they can, we can poke holes at religion now and it's okay. You know, 50 years ago, that's, that was just absurd. Even 20 years ago, you wouldn't poke holes at the church the way now, obviously. A lot of credibility has been lost. A lot of water has gone under the bridge. But sadly, this is what I do here. A lot of questions now about what is right and what is wrong. And of course, with everything that's happening in our society at the moment, uh, Yeah, this is what happens. Everybody did what was right in their own eyes. If you read the book of Judges, this is the theme for the book of Judges. It was one of the worst, if not the worst, period in Israel's history. It went from bad to bad, to bad, to a little bit of good old and bad. And then a little bit of bad, bad, bad. 400 years, bad, bad, bad. It got right to the end. And this is what the very end of the book of Judges says. Everybody did what was right in their own eyes. It's a theme for the book. That spells it out. That spells our day to day, isn't it? Everybody does what's right in their own eyes. And if what's right for you doesn't hurt you, and if what's right for you doesn't hurt you, and if you're all okay and you all come together and you're all doing what's right in your own eyes, society will be wonderful, yeah? And of course, we as as a Christian, I go, well, no, 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 it doesn't work like that. There has to be an absolute, there has to be something that I can hang right and wrong on. I, I can't believe that what I think is right should be right for all of you. And what you think is right, no, get the picture? And yet today, that is the way our society works. Everybody did. And so sadly, I, think, I know a lot of people have a lot of hope for our society because of this, because of this sense of right and wrong and You do what you want to do and you do what you want to do and we'll all just love each other and exist really happily together. I'm a little bit more cynical than that. I'm really sorry. Thank God we are not saved according to the latest, smartest, loudest, most confident and impressive discussion about Jesus and Christ. Imagine if we Googled our salvation. If we listened to the the media to find out about our salvation. Imagine if we went anywhere outside of God to look for our salvation. Once again, what saves you is fine for you. What saves you is fine. Oh, and what saves you is fine for you. It's all open to discussion. God is not open to discussion. (laughs) Okay, we might even have our thoughts about the Bible, but let's, let's get this right. If God is God, and I'll say that, if God is God, He's not up for discussion, is he? What makes God God is he is sovereign. He is unchangeable. Our eternal security is in his hands. And this is when I start nailing into my point. He is unchanging and consistent. The Bible clearly says that. No matter what you do today, you're not going to change God. He might interact with you and he might play around with you, as God loves to do as he, we walk through our lives But we are not going to change God, no matter how much we jump and shout and kick and scream. Thank goodness he is unchanging and consistent. But not cause and effect. And this is one of the things that is part of this whole way that we're sort of trained to think now. If someone does that, I do this. If this occurs, I respond this way. And it's pretty normal that we all go into a response mode when something happens. Stick with me. He doesn't do moods. And what I wanted to bring is this little picture. Um, it probably has never happened in this room to any of us, so we're just thinking purely hypothetically. Imagine you have a child, and the ritual, ever since your child's a little baby growing up, is, and I'll use this because my am used to do it, when your child is in bed, and you're just going in to turn the light off. And when they're really tiny, and whether you know prayed and whatever you've done, she used to give me a kiss on the forehead. Have any of you done that? You know, you, you can't, kind of can't help it, can you? With little kids, kiss on the forehead and walk out, the light would go, the door would close. You know what I mean? It was the end of the day. That happened all the time. And most of you, I know, with, you get into the habit, don't you? You just do it, you just do it. You grow up and you grow up and you get older and older and yet I know mum used to continue to do it, you know, even when I was a little, you know, a little bit older than my mum used to do it. But what would happen, and of course it's never happened to us, when I hurt mum and I hurt her really bad, one of the, you know, maybe the stupid thing that I did here or, I mean, I've got a long list of them, the things that I did to hurt my mum. You and I know that that night, she had to make a really hard decision. Am I going to walk in and do my ritual? Am I going to bow over my son who has hurt the hell out of me? And am I going to kiss him according to my little ritual? Get the picture? It's hard, isn't it? When you're in a mood, when that kid, when that person has hurt the hell out of you. when You know what I mean? Unfairly. And a child can only do this, can't they? Oh my goodness, Karen and I were talking about this on the way down, how your children, you know, you love them so, you know, in everything, and yet they can hurt you so quick and hurt you so deeply, can't they? What about a friend? Have you ever been betrayed by a friend? Have you ever been just simply hurt by a friend who just simply said the wrong thing at the wrong time and, man, they got up your nose? It was wrong. That was... What about this one? Unfair. What about when you're unfairly treated? You, you know what I mean? At, at work. Oh, is there anything worse than when you're lying in bed the night before you... You know what I mean? You've got a Week after week you're going to work and you're being unfairly treated. Week after week there's something not right at work. You know, and you're lying, you're lying awake at night and you can't get work out... You know that? Or am I the only person... You know, those wretched times and feelings and the moods that we get in. That's all part of humanity. We don't have to make excuses for that. We don't have to make excuses for the moods. Because God kind of has his moods too. But we're allowed to have our moods. But you know where I'm going, don't you? The question is, what's going to be our response? Because if, as a child, I'm growing up, and when my mum felt good, she gave me a kiss on the top. My forehead. But if my mum was in a mood, I wouldn't see her that night. Can I, come on, mums. You're all looking at me going, no chance. But that's the decision God makes with us every day. Every day we never live up to the standard of, 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 of what doesn't hurt God. Every day there's no chance that we're getting through perfect. <laughs> Humanity has its moods, it has its falls, but God is consistent. He always, not only there to kiss us on the forehead, he is there with his arms around us, as I said earlier on. You can feel so distant. You can feel in such a mood with God and so far removed. And you can even do something so wretchedly bad that you hurt the hell out of him. You make the Holy Spirit, and the Bible uses the term grieve don't grieve the Holy Spirit because we can do that I still do that you say something you go away and you just think you say, oh, why didn't I God looks at us and he goes I oh, know I'm, I'm working on a text Ah, oh, no oh, okay 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 but our Bible says he's consistent he keeps getting up no matter what our mood and he's kissing us on the forehead you know what I mean he is there no matter what you, and this, I, I drive this home, no matter what you have done, no matter where you have been, even this week, even this morning, even yesterday, no matter what you have done, you can't affect his mood. He is unchanging. He does not listen to cause and effect. And I'll even go so far as to do a pretty radical statement. You have to work really hard to lose your salvation. God doesn't scare off easily. With this cause and effect society, and and I hope none of you are in this place, but we can kind of feel like, I did bad, therefore God's not with me until I repent. Have you ever heard of this kind of Christianity? And then I go out and I do bad through the week and then I come back and I confess. And everything's okay. And then I go back out again and do all the same rubbish again. And then I come back. Have you ever been in this kind of Christianity? It's back and forth. Oh, I feel so distant from God. But I'll go to church on Sunday. And we go to church and we try and make us us. We're not changing him. But we try and make us look in and feel spiritual. And then we go back out into work. And we, you know what I mean? It's another week. We, and we come back. You can't do this. It's... It's tiring, isn't it? You keep trying and trying and trying to have that consistent feeling and this is sadly one of the things that our modern Christianity almost tries to teach us is that you're meant to sense his presence every minute of every day. That is rubbish. That is rubbish. That is not scriptural. Jesus didn't even feel his presence in the Garden of Gethsemane, did he? Where are you, my God? Where are you? Even the Son of God lost the sense of the presence. Why have you forsaken me? So if Jesus can have a time when he doesn't sense the beautiful, gorgeous, loving, warm, kiss on the forehead presence of God, sadly, this is what Pentecostalism... It's one of the sad things that has been wrongly taken out of the concept of Pentecostalism. That yes, we're meant to have a time in the Holy Spirit... But sadly, there are a lot of people who tried to make out that that's what life's meant to be like. If you've ever tried that kind of Christianity, it just wears you out and sooner or later, poof, you've got to have faith that God is with you. You don't feel Him. I said it before and I'll say it again. Some of the times that He is the most with you and the most working through you and the most holding you is when you don't feel it. That's what faith is. I know he's there. Why? Because of my faith. And that's what the whole book of Hebrews. What's the next chapter from chapter 10? Chapter 11. Faith. The whole chapter on faith. You see, it's all about the kiss on the forehead. Why? Because I love you unconditionally. Not because of my mood. That takes faith. We're finishing. You have to work really hard to lose your salvation. And by that I mean it's almost impossible. I've seen people in church year after year after year, and I've seen them walk away and live a complete... Have you seen this? A completely against God life. The way a lot of people would teach that is maybe they weren't really a Christian in the first place. Who knows? But that's not our that's not our problem. I want to tell you, you have to work really hard to scare God off. He doesn't scare. There's nothing we can do that makes Him scared. There's nothing we can do that makes... Oh, that, that, that's... Well, that's the worst sin. We judge our sins, don't we? We put them off. That's not a bad sin. That's only a 10-minute prayer. Oh, but this one, that's 10 weeks away from... You know what I mean? Our sin and our stupid judgments. Ah! Please. No. You can't scare God away. He is with you anyway. But God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. It's one of the only little directives where we hear god say he'll resist someone and be with someone so i thought we'd finish with this see what it says it doesn't say he favors the right and resists the wrong that is one of the most powerful verses and concepts you could ever have in your christianity there is only one thing that makes sure that we're unified and that is humility not being right why? Because we're wrong. <laughs> Who? Which one of us can say my Christianity's right? I googled it. <laughs> I did a how-to, and I know that those Pentecostals <laughs> and i know the Baptist. <laughs> Baptist, Catholics, forget it. Church of Christ. <laughs> you know what I mean, we, we can be so funny about all of that all of that rubbish. God resists the proud, that favours the humble. What a great way to live our life. He doesn't want you to get it right because why? You never will get it right. He doesn't want you to make your Christianity the best Christianity. He even doesn't want you to feel his presence and goosebumps every day. You don't need that because he is always with you. Because you won't scare him off no matter what mistake you made last week. You won't scare him off with the ones you'll make this week. Why? He's unchanging and he will be with you. Just be humble. Just relax. Chill. Fall on your face. Cry in front of him. Chill. Just be humble. God is so wonderful. He's gonna, he kisses you on the forehead and he just loves you. Sometimes you just don't feel it, but he's there. Just be humble. So if this morning you struggled, if this morning you're still hanging out for that coffee, you go and have that coffee, but I want to tell you, you ain't shaking God off your tail. He's with you. He's going to look after you. He will get you through. Yes, we go through some serious rubbish in our lives, but hey, it doesn't scare him off. He's there. Amen? Amen. We're going to finish with singing that favourite song of mine, This is Amazing Grace, because the words are just so perfect this amazing grace that we can celebrate in him. Let's, can we just pray as the music has come up? Father, I thank you for, the, for your word and I thank you for the book of Hebrews that so clearly explains this in detail, how great you are, how sovereign, how unchanging, how wonderful you are, King of Kings. We worship you this morning. We bow before you in our worship, in our heart. Even as we sing this song, Lord, we humbly come before you and just ask you to guide us, ask you to continue to walk with us and and help us to be sensitive to what you are doing in our life. Thank you, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.